Sit down, strap in, and granny put your teeth in your pocket. Lead Lap Radio powered by HMS Motorsport. The leader in motorsport safety starts now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Lead Lap as we kick off another week of coverage on the Performance Motorsports Network. <clears throat> Tom Baker inside the Race Chaser Media Studios in Mooresville, North Carolina, and I am joined on the program tonight by Blake Harris from the Southeastern Race Review. Blake, also the announcer at one of the local, actually two of the local dirt tracks yeah. now. You got, uh, what, Friendship on Fridays. And Ace Lincoln on Saturdays. Ace Lincoln Speedway on Saturdays. Uh, and then uh, on my opposite side is Randy Miller. Randy from the Inside Pass, which you can hear every Wednesday night. Uh, and you go to, uh, what is it, InsidePassLive.com for that and all the way at the end of the table or the head of the table our special guest for tonight is chase cabry and chase went and won something again so we uh invited him back we'll talk to him in a minute about what he won and why he's here and of course uh, behind the proverbial glass tonight over in the tech shed um is jacob sealman and uh, jacob just uh, getting things set up here and uh, getting familiar with his surroundings once again he's usually in our main studio here chris murdoch is off tonight uh and so jacob handling the audio production duties quite capably in all, in all fairness it's been a little while since i've been in this particular chair so yes that is correct so uh we have got a full program tonight and uh chase gonna join us for a little while and we've got nascar to talk about we've got indycar to talk about got some sad news too but we want to start the show with that uh we'll get to that in a moment i want to start with something happy like chase cabry winning another k m pro series east race we said on this show how many times that you were here we said look you just gotta win the first one then they get easier after that you go and win at memphis and look at this. You go up north to New Hampshire and pretty much dominate the race. I mean, that had to be an incredible thing for you. Um, talk about the first talk about the race, but then I want want you to talk about what does it feel like now to have gone from just total frustration and no wins to all of a sudden now you have two and it's looking like you're right in the thick of this championship chase all of a sudden for Rev Racing. Yeah, um, we struggled to, to finally get a win. And then, like you said, when we got it, uh, two of them came pretty quick. Uh, and, and, like, we went to that race, and uh, we were really fast in practice. And, and I knew uh, in second practice we were going to focus on long run speed and, and race trim. And we spent a lot of time uh, just getting the car to turn right through the center and uh, we were fast first practice, went out for qualifying, and I really didn't feel like we had too good of a qualifying lap. Uh, when I was in the middle of the lap, I said, this, it, this ain't a pole lap. Uh, we'll, we'll go get him in the race. And uh, I ran the second lap. I went down into uh, one and two and thought, okay, it got better from first lap, second lap. Let me run one more. Uh, and I came off two, and I looked at my water gauge. I was starting to get hot, so I pulled off and just kind of shook my head a little bit. And he said, uh, 84P1, you got the pole. And I said, what he said yeah on pole and i was like oh dang i didn't realize that wow and uh so uh we got out we're you know momentum is high right now we went into the race started on the pole and uh led the first 30 laps and uh then we had a caution pretty early in the race Derek passed me on a restart 
and then I got him back, and then a caution came out as soon as I passed him back, and uh, so they reverted, put him back out front, uh, and then we, we went back green. I was able to pass him on the outside um, and utilize that, that top PJ1 to get around him and, and uh, got on – from there kind of set sail. Well, I'm going to fuss at Chase first, by the way. Bring your microphone up, son. You've been here a time or two. You should know better by now. <laughs> but I, I'm going to make the point to ask that you mentioned, ha- you know, the fight with Derek. That How big a confidence booster is that, not just for you, but for this team, considering that's the guy that's basically dominated between the East and the West Series this year and has been leading both point standings and – you fought your way past him not once but twice in order to ultimately win that race. Yeah, Derek is exceptionally well. Uh, he's a really good kid, uh, and I, I really like racing against him. Uh, he's got a lot of uh, – he's, he's young, but he, he's, you know, very mature for, for his age and his race craft, that is. Uh, and to, to be able to battle against him and, and pass him, uh, like you said time and time again, he's been the car that everybody – that 16 car for the past – I mean, five, six years has been the car that everybody's known you got to beat. Uh, and so to pass him cleanly, uh, to go on around him and drive away was a really good feeling, a really good, you know, confidence booster for my team. Uh, the 21 car eventually got up into second, um, and we're still, you know, we had a, a straightaway lead there. So um, it was, you know, really cool to – to be able to outrun, you know, those big teams. And, and even sitting on the grid, I, I looked down sitting at the, the grid when we were sitting there, and uh, it was me on the pole. And then you had Max McLaughlin and uh, who – I can't remember who – oh, Sam Mayer was third. Uh, and you had all these top team DGR cars were lined up with four or five. And uh, so there was a lot of really good teams right around you. And, and it was cool to just to say – you know, we didn't beat them because they had an issue. We didn't beat them because we had a better strategy. I mean, we just straight up beat these guys, um, and, and it was really cool for, for the team. I know going into this weekend, one of the big stories through all of the series was the heat index that was up there. Was there any way you prepared differently in how you beat the heat this weekend? Because it was probably hotter there than you faced all year this Peak year. Peak freeze. <laughs> Peak beats the heat, right? Uh, no, no um, I don't really – it got hot. Um, I don't run a helmet hose. I don't run a cool suit. Um, I don't, really? No, I don't really find it necessary. I mean, our races aren't that long. Um, you know, cool suit, that's an extra, like, 30 pounds oh, in, the, in the car. And then a helmet hose, that's an extra knack in the window. It's, I mean, it's just pointless things I don't think that are necessary uh, to, to win races. Um, yeah, it might be simple. It might feel good to stay cool. But we're not racing Cadillacs. We're racing stock cars. So, uh, we got a man up and, and go, you know, just I like, deal with it. I like that you say that because a lot of the local guys around here, even in the dirt scene, their cars are open up switch to that. So I like that you have that tough man mentality, kind of like how the sport got started, saying you don't really need that. You just need to go out there and perform and win. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I've never seen it as a necessity. My brother was the same way. Um, and, and it's just, I mean, yeah, it is nice to have a helmet hose to just breathe. But under caution, um, and it, you know, you put your hand out the window, get you some fresh air, but it's not necessary to go win races. See, I think the key is, is that if you, if you don't use any cooling system, it makes you run faster because you get the race done faster. <laughs> so you can go get some cool air. air yeah. Uh, so I know Tom mentioned that you had won two races, but actually you actually won the last two races in a row. So going back to before Memphis, 
you had like a huge deficit on second and third place, but now going into Iowa, you're only 10 points out of the lead. Does that change your mindset at all now that you know you're back into the into the potential of being a champion or being back in the chase for the championship? Yeah, we're actually six points. Oh, uh, six points, yeah. Six. Sorry. We're in third. Um, Sam Mayer is two back. He's in second. Um, and it's a six-point advantage if you win a race versus second because you get the five bonus points plus the one position point Mm -hmm. um if they don't lead a lap obviously you're going to lead a lap so uh, it's six points so whoever of us three if one of us three wins the race whoever it is is going to be the points leader uh going into uh Watkins Glen Mm -hmm. so um it's really really tight battle uh between me Derek and Sam and um, hopefully that, you know, we come out on top. I think after South Boston, someone put a tweet out, and I didn't even realize that we were fifth in points, 20 points back. Fast forward two races later, we're third in points, six points back. So we're here. We're in the hunt. Uh, we made a statement this weekend. Memphis, we had to work for it. We qualified 10th, and we led the last stage of the race. But uh, this was a statement race for for entire rev racing organization. I was just going to say, it just feels to me like – this year it's a different rev racing i mean i know you made some changes uh, or they made some changes going into the season uh, took out a car and um you know and changed some personnel around but boy what a difference in performance yeah uh it's just a testament to how hard the guys work uh these guys have stopped taking it as a job and i've started to take it as you know this is fun uh we're we are performing right now uh i mean most of the teams didn't show up till Monday to this morning to unload. We were unloading yesterday at 5:30 and worked till nine at night. Me and my crew chief, or my car chief, and uh, my mechanic. So um, these guys have a huge dedication level to to my career, and uh, they're really enjoying, you know, being out front right now. So um, it's nice to to be able to be that driver for them that's able to do it, and uh, and I'm really just proud of the dedication level that these guys have. So, Chase, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but thinking about how much ground you've made up on the championship and letting us kind of run this out a little bit, what would a championship, I mean, I'm sure you guys have talked about it at different points, but what would a championship mean to this Rev team after how much Max and, you know, Jefferson and everybody that's been a part of this over the years has invested in the K&N level? Yeah, I can't speak to their behalf. Uh, They have a lot more experience, a lot more time, a lot more money invested than I've ever thought about. And uh, and so they have a lot of heart in this. And not to say I don't, uh, but these guys have they have been at this for 14 years. I want to say Rev Racing's been around. Um, So, you know, to for them it it would be a huge thing. Obviously, it'd be huge for me, but for them it's just such a you know, it's to say, hey, look, you know, we're here. We're, we're back in this hunt. Uh, back in 2012, 2011, Rev Racing was a team. Uh, they, they won half the races one year with Darrell Wallace and Sergio Pena, and, uh, and then the next year won the championship with Kyle Larson. So um, they were that team back, back then. And then uh, right now we're back in that, that mojo of, hey, you know, we are that, that team that it's nice to show up and people to look at you and say, dang, he's here. He's going to be quick. You know. Yeah, no question. Um, it's definitely an interesting uh, 
been an interesting season in K&N, I feel like. A, a little bit of a different kind of season, and you've certainly taken advantage of that. We're going to talk more to Chase Cabry, and we've got a whole lot of race uh, coverage to go through here. So hang around with us. We're just getting started on Lead Lap Radio, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. Be right back. You own a performance car, and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, I'm Tyler Reddick, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Is he okay? Welcome back. (laughs) 
<laughs> Welcome <laughs> back to Relap. Uh, Tom Baker, Blake Harris, who's having a good time. The one time we don't have video. Bumper music, yeah. I mean, one night not to have video. You got to love um, that. Chase Cabry joining us. Our Let's make sure that you weren't going to die or something over there. Recent K&M Pro Series East issues. winner Randy Miller is the one concerned about uh, Blake's a, a current bit. condition. I just want to make sure he's not going to kill over Dan. <laughs> no he's convulsing over there. I don't really know what it was. Old Kenny <laughs> Rogers song from the 70s. That's, I think it was, I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. He was dropped. That's nice of sure. you to drop yeah. in and see what condition Blake's condition was in. Speaking of conditions, I want to talk about PJ1 because Chase <laughs> mentioned it earlier. Well, I mean, he mentioned Is it earlier. Is PJ1 in bad oh, condition really or good condition? I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, that, that's really what I was going to ask. Transition. K&N was the first, the first race of the weekend who, that ran the PJ1 in full effect, so I want to know what he thought about it because I thought it made the races a lot much better. But Yeah, um, I, I liked it. Um, it made for you know two different styles of racing uh, than what we're used to there. Um, for me, I kind of found a, a third groove line that nobody else was running. Max McLaughlin asked me oh, about really? it after practice. Um, and, and I don't want to lie, but I was like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm running up there. <laughs> and he ran up there for qualifying and I don't know, he ended up on the bottom and I was the only one to run that line all race long. I, I was the only one to run it in general. Right. Um, everybody was kind of rolling into the third groove and then turning down and driving and trying to hit the VHT on the bottom mm -hmm. or PJ one track by, <laughs> I, I don't know the technical name, um, hit, hit it on the bottom and get drive off of it there. Um, where I just let my car be free enough all weekend long that I could just stay in the third groove all day because our K and N cars don't have the power that the Cup cars do. So when you turn down, you got to go through the gray section. So you can't put the power down yet. Mm -hmm. So you still have to wait, 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 and then you kind of roll to it, and then you hit the VHT or PJ whatever, and, <laughs> and, and Gorilla Glue. Then you can, <laughs> then you Track can stand call. on it, right. you know, full throttle. Um, and by but by that time our our cars don't have the power that you need right. uh, to to be able to do that. So I was like, let's treat it like it's a go kart days and just run the top all the way around. Um, and it was really fun in the race because it almost felt like I was running a cushion back on dirt, mm -hmm. where you could, you know, back to my dirt days when I get to go have fun again. Um, you know, running the running the top up there, it was. It was a fine line of too much. You'd start to feel the right front start to slip, and then you too less was never too less, you know, because you could just, you know, just pace on it. But it was, you know, going too much. You could start to feel the right front try to kind of jump the cushion a little bit, and then uh, and you just had to feather the whole race long on top, you know, just like you would on dirt. So it was really fun. I had fun running out front um, by myself, and uh, so. You know, I really enjoyed it being laid down. I, I think it was great, um, and hopefully when we go back there in a couple months, it's the same way. It's really an interesting um, it's really an interesting situation for you now because, again, two wins in a row. Um, talk about the next couple races coming up. Do you feel like they're tracks that are generally good for you? Yeah, um, New Hampshire, I thought, was our worst track ever. Um, I've never had was good, yeah. Everybody Didn't he say that? You about Bristol say too? that again? Yeah, you I say think that everyone about says that. About <laughs> I told him to look Bristol. We finished second. <laughs> um, I I didn't like New Hampshire going to it. Um, I never have run good there. It just hasn't been one of our strong suits uh, for the whole Rev Racing organization. The last win there was 2012 with Kyle Larson uh, for Rev Racing. So um, it's you know it was just one of those tracks that was you know we got to go back to. New Hampshire, uh, and then we went there and and made a statement. And so going on, Iowa's 
a great place. I don't know anybody that doesn't like that speedway. Uh, you can have fun running 20th there. You know, it's just it's <laughs> so fun. You can run the top. You can run the middle. You can run the bottom. Uh, it gets so racy. You get to play with air uh, a little bit. So um, in the past, we've been pretty decent at Iowa. Last year we had an issue. Uh, the first year we ran fifth there. Um, so, you know, going there this year, I, I have a lot of confidence just because of the how we've been running all season. Yeah. Um, I don't think that there's a, a mountain too high right now for our team to climb. So uh, Iowa's a great place, and I'm excited to get there in a couple of days. And then we go to Watkins Glen, which – I'm not the greatest of road racers, so we'll see how that one goes. Um, and then from there on, you know, we go back to tracks like Bristol we go to again. Then we go to Gateway, which I led a bunch there last year. We go back to Loudoun, and then we end at Dover. So uh, in, in Dover, Rev Racing is like, you know, I think they're married to Dover. So um, <laughs> we have a lot of success there, and hopefully we can uh, go there and, and hopefully have a big enough lead in the points by that point uh, that it won't be – a huge stress day, but I think it will be no matter what. You said that you're not necessarily a great road racer, but do you enjoy it? Yeah, I love road racing. Uh, it's super fun. You can have fun by yourself. It's not really enjoyable to watch uh, because it you does. don't think. No, I don't. I don't think so. Interesting. Um, I love road racing. I mean, I I think it's fun if you're involved in the sport but like to be at the racetrack watching it i don't think it's the greatest race to go watch just because you see one section and then a minute and a half later yeah, you see that's it true. again um and then it gets super spaced out but when you're by yourself it's so i mean when you're racing when you're doing anything it's fun you're working hard um last year you know we didn't we weren't good at Watkins Glen. we uh were actually set up for the rain because it was supposed to rain and uh and so we were really off when it came down to race time and then the year before i finished like seventh uh, but i I've, I've had a little bit of success at road courses uh new jersey we we set quick time um in, in final practice and um uh, qualified third excuse me qualified third or fourth or so and then rode in the top five all day so you know i think we'll be okay um i don't think will be great but uh i, I think it's going to be one of those deals that we got to survive with the points battle that we're in uh i know that derek is not some crazy road course racer either uh and, I, and neither is sam uh so it's not like i have to race will rogers you know because will if i was battling will in a championship and we're going to walk and i'm going Okay, that's one. He's definitely going to make points up on us. So Sam actually is a fairly decent road racer. He's had some good runs. I think he had the top five there last year in the K&N car, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, but making more nervous. I was going to yeah, say, if you, if you hadn't mentioned that, Tom, I was going to actually. Yeah, but um, it's not like he's Will Rogers or something. Well, or, I don't know. I think, honestly, if you ask me, I think, and, and I'm not trying to, you know, but I, I just feel like of the tracks that are coming up, I like his chances better on the road course at the Glen than I do of beating you at, at a place like Iowa or Bristol. I I don't know. Uh, well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll I find mean, out. You know, I say that. Apparently, but of course, according Sam to him, according year, to him on on everything there, every social media, I'm getting too confident right now. So, <laughs> uh, well, nothing wrong with confidence as long as it is yeah. an arrogance. I think you know. I think it should actually worry him a little bit. Uh, you, when you get confident, things start getting better. So, uh, if he's already worried, it's all—it's obviously already in his head. Well, so, uh, we'll just keep being you know, it in. And that's there. part of it too. Is I think there's a mental game that goes on, obviously. And I think you coming on and winning two in a row—I mean, 
you know, this is, as you said, it's been a while since Rev Racing has been, you know, in this kind of a position. And so um, I'm not sure necessarily that this, you would be somebody that, you know, they were thinking about necessarily until Memphis. They're thinking about you now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we've, like I said, Memphis, we worked for it. Uh, and New Hampshire, it was nothing of my doing. Uh, it was all Doug Howe and Glenn and Josh and Sarah. They won that race. I just was lucky enough to hold the wheel and be the one that got out um, at the checker flag. So, um, you know, hopefully we have many more races like that uh, because it was just – it was nice. I mean, we clean sweep the weekend. So, uh, hopefully when we go into Iowa, we have, you know, the momentum bar. It's like when we're playing Xbox and you got the little NCCA – bar and it, the momentum guy rises and then you all of a sudden your players become like faster sharper like i feel that's what Hulk our Hogan, team's when going he comes right back now. at the end of a match you know? yeah yeah to being a former driver on the oval side of things of course you was too how you got started how was the transition to learning the road racing type of driving that you have i'd say done pretty good with now yeah um the road race style I don't know. It's it's a different form of racing. Uh, you've got to brake really early. You know, get off the brake. You know, get through the corner well, uh, and mainly worry about drive off. Turn one is probably the most interesting corner for us in Canaan because we're wide open <coughs> from there all the way to the bus stop. Um, so you have to be able to get through turn one, and and there's different things you have to look at in a race car to to be able to do the things you have to do on a road course as first that you do on an oval. So um, I feel like, you know, kind of road racing, you have to drive so hard every lap. I mean, you push a thing to its absolute maximum limit for, I don't know, how long is it, like 55 laps or something? Something like that, yeah. So we have to push it to, to that limit for 55 laps. Whether you're in first or you're in last, you, I mean, you've got to go. Uh, and there's no time to, like, because the moment you kind of breathe a little bit, well, you might lose – like a tenth on an oval, you know, because you're just riding. But you might lose a tenth in turn one. Then you might lose another tenth here. And then you might lose two tenths here. By the time you've done, lost a second if you just relax. So you've got to just push and drive the ever-living heck out of that thing. So it's kind of, you know, I'd say it helps that I come from the dirt background when I go to road racing. Uh, and I feel like a lot of guys that come from dirt racing, when they go over, when they go road course racing, they tend to success, uh, have a lot of success. If you look at Larson, he's won the pole like 9,200 times at Sonoma. <laughs> yeah, um, he does love that track. Chase Briscoe won the uh, won the Roval. My brother was really good uh, when he was running K&N. So I feel like it's kind of it almost goes hand in hand as as two polar opposites as it is. It's just how hard you have to drive the race car. Especially with the K&N car, I guess, because, you know, obviously not quite as much, um, you know, horsepower as, say, a cup car or whatever, but um, you're pretty much flat out the entire time. And that's it's really kind of interesting because people think of road course as sort of more finessive and, you know, you just kind of have to be more perfect and um, it, not for you guys anyway. No, I think it's when we get to just hang it out. I mean... It, there's a lot of finesse that goes into it, but there's a lot of just letting that thing hang out. I mean, if you bang it through the grass, I mean, it's uh, you go through the bus stop there, and it's like, all right, time to strap in a monster truck for this corner, and you grab third before you get into it, and your right sides come up, sometimes all four getting down in there, and then you bang it off the left curb, and then you you hear it just banging <laughs> off the ground. It's so 
Uh, there's a lot that goes on when you're going through the bus stop, and you, it just sounds painful for the race car. So uh, <laughs> I'm glad we have a road course car so uh, we can you know massage her after because she gets all beat up. Yeah, good thing race cars don't have feelings. All right, with that, we'll take a break. <laughs> we'll be back with more of Chase Cabry and much more motorsports conversation ahead. We've got a lot of racing to cover still, and we'll do that before we're done. You're listening to Lead Lap Radio on the Performance Motorsports Network. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert helmets, Schroep belts, Adidas suits and shoes, Lero fireproof underwear, Lifeline fire systems, and even Racecom radio kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media sent you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke located on Route 1 or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD, also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema, and half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD. 
Hi, I'm John Holloman, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Lead Lap Radio here on the Performance Motorsports Network. Lead Lap, of course, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Also want to pay a nod to our other two major sponsors here in the uh, Race Chaser family, strutmasters.com, the suspension experts, cars and motorcycles. Now, uh, you can, uh, I just saw a picture uh, over the week when Chip, Chip Lofton had um, put one of their soft ride motorcycle setups on Donnie Allison's Harley. Yeah. Really? Yep. So, uh uh, pretty cool stuff going on there at Strutmasters. So I want to thank them and also mycomputercareer.edu, training for a better life. And we'll tell you more about them a little later on. We are talking with Chase Cabry for one more segment. And then Chase has got another media commitment for later on. And happy to see you getting so much attention. I guess that's what winning two in a row in k does for a guy. Yeah. Um, the first one was really cool because I got to go down back home. Uh, to Tampa and I kind of that's did. right how did that go we haven't it was really cool um just to be able to go home and see some friends uh and then be you know kind of recognized on a national you know platform like Fox and NBC and uh and, and then some of the you know it was on their local news channel so Fox 13 Tampa Bay and uh was you know people would text me and say hey man so cool to see you, you know, doing big stuff. And, uh, and you know, it's just really cool to get back down there and be a part of, you know, back in the Tampa life and, and seeing everybody down there. And, uh, and you know, it's just one of those deals that when you come out of high school and you tell everybody you're going racing, uh, this is something you're going to do in life. Uh, when you make that point to actually come up here and do it and then you do something cool and you go down there and get recognized for it, people – start to say, wow, you know, that is, that's awesome for him. You know, he really, he's really doing it. So, well, aside from, uh, doing it in K&N, you've got a dirt car that you, uh, like to, to toy with and race now and now and again, um, talk a little bit about, uh, what's been going on with that. And I know that you had some races coming up, I think, but, uh, you've decided to just, uh, focus on K&N for now. Yeah, uh, I get to run my dirt car and get to have fun with it. I had that little outlaw card as well uh, that was I, I got asked to drive for a guy, and uh, we ran like two races with it. Had some, you know, just had some motor issues. But uh, when I get to go run my dirt car, I have a blast with it. And we went, like I said, we talked about last time when I went down to Tulsa Shootout, 1,200 entries. You're there for a whole week. I ran fourth. Yeah. Uh, and then so we went to the world championship and, and uh, made the show, started 11th, ran fourth in that. Um, so, you know, we've had a lot of success and then I've kind of taken on a little bit of a role of, uh, kind of trying to not develop people, but just help people, um, in, in different ways. So uh, there's a guy that from Florida who's just been struggling, um, and I'm bringing him up here. He's going to drive my car. Uh, you know, I'm paying for it all for him to come oh, up wow. here. Uh, he, I said, you know, get a flight, come up here and, and you can run it. Uh, and I want him just to to you know start to learn different things and uh my my younger brother i let him run it uh just wanted oh nice yeah so uh we took him out to rockfish 
down there in Fayetteville. Yeah, um, over by the coast. Yeah, and uh, just let him, you know, get his feet wet in it. And uh, hopefully that he gets a chance to do that more and more. Um, and then, you know, when we go to Tulsa, I don't know, maybe I step out. Uh, I really love racing it, but I, I like to see the smile on my brother's face. So, uh, and, I, and I I enjoy working on it, being a crew chief of it. So, um, you know, he went down there in his first race, he ran second. So he's pretty good at wow. it. Wow. Wow, following in the footsteps of yeah. big brothers. Yeah, and then and then we had the Pennsylvania Speed Week planned, and that's actually next week. Uh, I was planned to race uh, Wednesday, Thursday. After the race, Thursday would drive to Watkins Glen, race Friday at Watkins Glen, drive back and race Saturday and Sunday. Uh, but with the points battle and everything going on right now, um, it just it wouldn't have been smart. Um, if we were way out of the points battle, I might have probably chanced it. But when I want to be sharp, you know, I got to be 100%. We got to stay grounded. Uh, we can't get cocky right now. We can't, you know, live on highs. Uh, we've got to be focused, got to stay grounded, uh, and, and continue to, to prove that we got what it takes and continue to execute all weekend long. Well, it's interesting. I know that uh, the dirt car is a nice diversion for you, but I think it's really cool that uh, you gave little brother the opportunity to race. And, and I would think that that's even a different thing for you to be able to now kind of help him out a little bit instead of just being behind the wheel yourself. Yeah, I'm like a car owner now. Um, <laughs> it's kind of cool. I kind of enjoy it. I want to get my first win as a car owner first. Um, and hopefully when I, I got a guy coming up on the 17th to run the short track showdown, um, and of course, I'd love to run it, uh, but I really enjoy crew chiefing and in uh, working on it. So um, hopefully, he can come up and I can get the car right for him. We can win it, and I can be a, a winning car owner. That'd be pretty cool. That would be cool. Blake's like, sitting over there going, Ooh, I'm, "I'm a race car driver. What it'll take for me to get?" Me I'm right. just mediocre now. You don't want me around. <laughs> but of course, you're under the NASCAR banner running the Canyon Pro Series. I know there's also a chance for you to get back to your dirt roots at Eldora one time, possibly in a truck. But a lot of people don't understand how far away from the dirt racing it actually is because the track surface, they prep it a whole lot more different. The driving style is a lot different. Explain kind of how different it is. People are watching this Eldora truck race to how it is ripping the cushion, actually, in one of them sprint cars around Eldora. Yeah, so... Um, the, there's a lot of differences. The trucks are so heavy, um, and, and, you know, they pack in the dirt way harder than they would for, for us. So we build a cushion based on the fact that we have tire spin and they, the track is so fluffy that it, what builds a cushion actually is the fluff, you know, building up on each other. Uh, sometimes if they till it, it might kind of rough it up and then you can, you know, kind of smooth back it in. So, um, where with the truck, it's just, I mean, you can see it by the end of the night, it's black, uh, and it's pure ice. And, it, I mean, they the trucks can't take running on a cushion. It, they, I mean, it would they would absolutely just destroy things, and, and the trucks Cow just washing. aren't. Yeah. aren't <laughs> but they're just not capable of doing it. Like, it's just the cushion would not develop in the right, because the, the tire is, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe two, three feet, and then you have a rear fender. Um and, and it it just wouldn't make sense uh, for those guys to be have a big lip and uh, kind of rip the lip like what we're used to uh, in dirt racing. So it's it's way different. It's a lot slower paced, uh, and it's completely different of what your typical dirt racing style is. That's why you see some of these dirt guys that try to do it, they struggle. Uh, some of them excel, 
Uh, but some of them struggle. It's because it's so different when it you're is. when you're pounding the fence in a dirt car, like an actual dirt car. It's it's a completely different feeling. Is there any aspirations to go try that race out one time? I'd love to. Um, I don't have the funding to do it, so <laughs> probably not. Um, <laughs> Dear sponsors, please sponsor yeah. the kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to try it, but it's you know out of my reach money wise to be able to go do that. Um, but you know, I would, yeah, of course, I'd like to race anything I could. If you'd say, hey, man, you want to go race soapbox cars outside? It'd be like, I bet I'll win. So <laughs> when, you, <laughs> when you watch the modifieds at New Hampshire, is that something you'd like to try at some point? Absolutely. That is unreal. By far the best race of the weekend. Anybody can tell me anything else. Those guys put on the best show, period, hands down. It's a 100 a laps. Race. The Xfinity Cup race takes so long. Um, I, I remember watching the Xfinity race before our race, and I'm like, is this thing ever going to end? Like, is anybody still paying attention? It's so long. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just ridiculous to me. Um, but the modifier race, 100 laps, those guys are bump drafting down straightaways and slide jobbing each other in the corners. It's, it's pretty cool to see. So I want to add to that, by the way, in regards to the modified race. If anybody didn't watch that live uh, Saturday on fanschoice.tv, my award for checkered flag of the entire weekend, if you didn't see the save that Bobby Santos Ooh. made oh, coming yes. down the front straightaway, oh my goodness. Went to the Ross Chastain School and for draft or drifting uh, with a race car, I think. He, that save put Ross's save to shame, seriously. I, I was really disappointed to, to see the end of that race, how they ended it. Me too. Uh, and... I feel like a lot of fans, Northeast is like modified country. Yes. Everybody loves the modifieds. It was a huge crowd for the modified race. Um, and I'm not bashing NASCAR um, because obviously I, I'm running in a NASCAR series. <laughs> I'll but, do it for you but later it on. Was, it, you know, it just sucked uh, to see the end of that race be under caution because everybody knows the last two laps of that race are the most exciting two laps yeah. you see in motorsports. Uh, so. Uh, they they're like slide jumping and three wide and crossing people over. So it's really cool to see, uh, and everybody knows what's coming. You know the final lap. I mean, you saw the all star race. They were three wide to the finish. So um, I wish we got they had got the chance to finish that one out. But I understand TV. I understand the Xfinity race taking importance. Um, I get it. So, uh, but I wish we got to see that one play out. Oh yeah, that was definitely. Uh, it's a lot of racing in one day. And yeah, so you, when you have that situation with a, you know, a, a race where you, you're, the modified was kind of sandwiched in the middle of the day. So you know, supposedly there was a cra- something in something happened with one of the barriers or something. Yeah, they they, it broke the wall broke, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and I get it because if they don't finish that race in a in a time slot and the Xfinity race doesn't start till later, when does our race start? At right. night? With yeah. no lights. Yeah. So as I said, it's a lot to try to do in one yeah. day. You know. Yeah. So um, I, I got. I like. I understand it. So like I said, I'm not. I'm not bashing NASCAR by any means. Uh, but I would have liked to see the finish that race. Yeah. I just. Uh, okay. So before we let you cut out of here, Chase, uh, real quick, as we go to break here, who uh, helps you make all this happen? Who you want to give acknowledgments to? Oh, just my Rev Racing crew. Uh, the NASCAR Drive for Diversity program has given me an opportunity to showcase. Uh, my talents and Doug Howe has made me look like a superstar right now. So 
uh, Glenn Parker, Josh, Sarah, those people, they, they put so much hard work into it. And uh, I'm just glad to be their driver right now. It's, it's nice to, to have to be that guy. Uh, so we're going to live on this high as much as we can because you never know when you're going to get it again. Well, that's for sure. Uh, we suspect that we'll be having Chase back a little bit more this year as he goes out and uh, wins another one or two of these K&M Pro E-Series races. Just my thought. With that, we step aside. When we come back, we talk all things NASCAR. We got IndyCar and a lot more. You're listening to We Lap on the Performance Motorsports Network. Everywhere you go, you hear it, and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, host it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color correct it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Tyler Dipple, and you're listening to their Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Dippling. Here on the Performance Motorsports Network. He could have got away with it this week because yeah, we don't have cameras. no camera so. over there. According Jacob to Fox. could have dippled, but he chose to. He went dippleless. According to Fox, Dipple almost won a race that one time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. We were talking to Tyler Akram about that last week on there. Somebody had Thursday a dippling show. of a brain. Yeah, not I sure what, uh, what was going on there with the Fox folks, but somebody got seriously confused. Um, all right, welcome back to Lee Lap on the Performance Motorsports Network. Tom Baker, Randy Miller, Blake Harris, Jacob Seelman over behind the glass of the tech shed handling the production duties. We had uh, two races 
in the National Series at Loudoun over the weekend. Of course, we have Modifieds and K&N as well, but we'll get to the mods. Um, Want to talk about the cup race first because, you know, it's been a while since I can honestly say we had a really good race at New Hampshire in the Cup Series. Mm-hmm. But guess what, y'all? <laughs> guess what, y'all? We had a really good race we at did. Loudon in the Cup yeah, Series. Yes. We really did. But the um, finish topped it off, though. Yeah. Um, you know, the finish was awesome. I mean, it, it just, uh, here again, you you know, we've been talking about Kevin Harvick all year long. Um, not winning, not winning. Everybody's been, I feel like, overreacting to the Stuart Haas thing, except for me. Um, and I say that because I've, I've been very clear that I didn't think they were that far off. They weren't winning, but they weren't running horribly. It's It's been a hard year to win. Gibbs um, and Penske just got onto the new setup so quickly. And, you know, the new package that I, I think it just took Stuart Haas a little while to get their bearings, but it isn't like they've been running poorly. They've had speed. And Harvick the other day certainly proved that, you know, the the magic's still there. Clip Boyer proved the magic is still there. Eric Almarola actually showed some speed. Suarez showed speed. Almarola and Suarez didn't have quite the the uh, the finishes that they probably would have preferred. But um, but Harvick, I I thought it, yes. I mean, the finish was incredible. That was that was really uh, you know, I really wasn't sure who was going to end up winning that one. Um, but uh, it was interesting uh and kevin harvick now back in the victory lane back in the playoffs and you know now he can just work on continuing to get better he's got the win out of the way so i'm not sure how you weren't sure who was going to win that race but i was 100 percent sure who was going to win that race because i knew that there was no way on this planet that kevin harvick was going to let denny hamlin beat him well, on that last well, lap I mean, did denny you watch did you watch him turn right Yes. In turn three. But, but that, again, yeah. it, it could have just as easily went the other way, Blake, because ha- I, I thought Hamlin, I thought he was, he, he, he was a little too gentle when he, when he moved him out of the way. I think if he'd have been, if he'd have hit him just a touch harder. That's know. what, that's what I was about to say. Where was Hamlin's aggression? We seen circa Martinsville 2017. <laughs> like, I feel like if he would have done the old bump and run, and maybe went to the inside instead of the outside where we could have got cut off into the wall like Harvick, without the driver in me would have done too. I do not, um, be mad at him. I don't know what I'm saying. I wouldn't be mad at him for coming up on me. <laughs> Slow down, Blake. I wouldn't be mad at him for coming up on me because it was for the win. I feel like my philosophy was this two to go. It's all put all your chips on black and just go. You got to get that win. But I feel like if Hamlin would have went for maybe a different pass, went to the inside, but maybe had a little more aggression, like you were saying, we might be talking about well, that FedEx Camry in victory. Initially, line. he did go to the he, – he did root him up. And I just – I didn't think he rooted him up far enough. When, when, when he first moved Harvick to get the lead – I thought if he'd have hit him just a little harder, because all he needed to do was slow down Harvick's momentum just a little longer, and I'm not sure Harvick gets back to him. But as it was, he did, of course, get by him. And, you know, Hamlin tries to run the top. I just thought that was a really intriguing uh, way for Denny Hamlin to run that last lap and a half or so 
Um, and he chose to, you know, to race them as clean as, you know, as you could. Um, and I think that might have cost him the win because I think Denny had every bit enough to get by the four car if he'd done it differently. I think what you're seeing this year, more so than, than any other year, to, to my knowledge, is, is people are starting to realize how much stage points mean. Yes. So, I mean, you even saw, like, in the Xfinity race, it was, like, three wide for one of those segments. Oh, my gosh, yes. I mean, I think drivers are starting to realize that the playoff points is what's going to, to get you, you know, from point A to point B if you can't get that win. And these guys are now, you know, fighting it out to, to try to get there and get those wins because they have, they've spent the better part of the year being behind Gibbs and Penske, and now they're starting to catch up now. But it's, you know, we've only got six, seven races before the playoffs start. So, you know, I appreciate, however, to circle back to the Denny Hamlin thing. I just want to say, you know, out in the open that I honestly, not just as a fan, but from a media standpoint, appreciated Denny for the way he raced Harvick on Sunday. I feel like he might have raced him differently, and we would have seen that aggression if Denny didn't already have two wins in the bank. But to hear him say point blank that he didn't want to flat take him out and that he wanted to give him a fair chance to race for it, I think... Per, you know, to me, shows how much Denny Hamlin has grown up and oh, changed oh, yeah. from his rookie year because, you know, 2006 Denny Hamlin would have driven through Kevin Harvick to win that race. And I feel like, we, you know, we're seeing now with the way he's kind of rejuvenated his career the last four or five months, or at least, you know, this year with Joe Gibbs racing, yeah. I think we're seeing a bit of a different Denny Hamlin. And I quite, you know, I gained some additional respect for him for how he chose to handle that situation on Sunday compared to if he had just went over-aggressive and driven through 2017, Denny Hamlin would have ran over Kevin Harvick. Well, <laughs> that's fair. 2019, <laughs> Denny Hamlin will run over Kevin Harvick in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. It was exactly, exactly what Jacob said. He knew that he was already in. He had, you right. know, he had spare change in the bank. No sense of pushing so, the issue. Take, you know, if you can get the win, get the win. If not, take second and, you know, mm -hmm. go on to the next one. Um, but it, it's it certainly made for a thrilling finish. But it was it was interesting for me to see some of the events that happened in, in the cup division over the weekend, you had, I mean, Alex Bowman couldn't have had a worse. Uh, oh, and Hamill was in a backup car too after practice. Well, yeah, well. but Bowman I mean, was in somebody else's yeah, backup Bowman, car. <laughs> Bowman crashes his primary car. Then what, what was the, the drive, shaft, drive shaft the breaks shaft on out. his backup. Yeah. So they get Jimmy Johnson's backup out of the hauler and re uh, skin it with um, Alex's, uh, uh, you know, livery which, and which, by the way, they they chose J uh, Jimmy's car as opposed to Chase's because Jimmy's was painted, Chase's was wrapped, wrapped, and That's it was correct. easier to pull decals off of a painted car than it is to pull a wrap off of a wrapped car. Well, and here's what's interesting: and I, I, did, I so. it, Alex, it was a struggle, and it shows you that even within an organization, different cars, the cars are set up for the driver, um, and. Apparently, the throttle uh, mm -hmm. response on Jimmy's car was much stiffer than what Alex is used to on his. And he said he absolutely had to just mash the gas as opposed to the typical sort of get on it, you know. And uh, so it wore it, it kind of wore him out because he had to work the pedal a lot harder, um, you know. And it was funny to, to think about, you know, 
the heat and all of that sort of thing. Jimmy Johnson got out of his car after the race and looked like he could have went and ran the Boston Marathon. That guess to show you what you the, know the the athleticism that somebody like a guy like him has. Yes. I mean, he's in his mid forties and you know he's driving these race cars and getting out like he's a twenty two year old man who yeah. just you know took a sauna bath or whatever and comes out like I'm ready to go another five hundred laps. Well, I want to add to that, by the way. It wasn't just a bad weekend for Bowman. Overall, Hendrick Motorsports had an abysmal weekend. And, you know, we saw two of those four cars on Sunday have very rare, unexpected Randy mechanical failures that, Mm -hmm. you know, led Jimmy Johnson to actually say on Twitter Sunday night that the two cars that finished the race were lucky that they finished the race. So whatever they had go wrong this weekend appears to have been not just isolated to one car, but something that they had mysteriously go wrong across the entire organization, which you never see that happen to Hendrick Motorsports. Yeah, it's multiple. It was multiple parts. I mean, obviously, you know, we talked about Bowman's drive shaft and Jimmy having problems, Bowman or uh, Byron having problems. It's just when you get when you get a situation and a lot of times, especially on like the the bigger tracks where one of the one of the four guys, one of the three guys on the team blows a motor, the other three are like, oh, my God, yeah. they just yeah. blow a motor. Is this going to happen to me too? Because you never know if that motor came from the same group of motors that the other cars came from, you know, if it was built somewhere else yeah, or built from a exactly. different guy or whoever. So it's, it's hard to say. Okay, but. so Harvick wins, Hamlin second. Eric Jones finishes third, and – it has been announced that he is close to re-signing. Can we just stop all the nonsense that he's going anywhere? Nope. He never was, nope. and he not he is not going to at the end of the season. He's got to have Sorry. content somehow. Chris Bell, <laughs> Chris Bell is going to run the Xfinity Series again next year, and then he's coming up to Cup because Look, I, I've said for for weeks I I love Eric to death. He's one of my great friends, and I really hope that this contract gets done because I don't want to see him going anywhere. And, and I feel like now that you know Christopher Bell's on the verge of being back into the the hunt, sort of. He's only one, you know. He, he got the win on Saturday, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but. Yeah. The, the thing with Eric Jones is everybody picks on him because he hasn't won a race. But just like he proved uh, on Sunday, he's competitive. He's finished third twice now. And it's going to be one of those things with Alex Bowman where you'll finish third or, third or second for four weeks in a row. And then you'll go, you know, all of a sudden you'll visit victory lane. As soon as he wins a race, everybody will shut up. But until he wins a race, they're going to talk because – he can sit every every week. It's like, oh, well, we're close. Oh, we're close. Well, that's well, not breaking news. You, you, you were, you're no closer now than you were last week, even though he said we're, we're getting closer. <clears throat> what does getting closer mean? You just had another conversation, but you still didn't sign a contract. So until you sign a contract, it's well, not a done deal. The con- how the contract is is going to determine whether I keep or quit talking about it. If it's a one-year de- deal like Bell's possibly could be. It won't be a one-year deal. He just hasn't signed it yet. With that, we're going to take a break. We're going to talk more about Eric and more about uh, some other really interesting stories uh, when it came to the the results of Sunday's race and much more to come on Lead Lap as we continue on the Performance Motorsports Network. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing 
racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. Because it's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication, but it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Timmy Salamito, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Well, yes, Timmy Salamito is a modified driver, but we're not going to get there just yet. We're, we'll talk about that race eventually. Still talking about the cup race on uh, Sunday and uh, talked about Eric Jones finishing third. And uh, again, I I am still on record as saying he's not going anywhere. Um, and he's, he's showing now, he's finally getting the results that to match the performance that he's had for a good part of this uh, last half a season. So he's, he's, um, he's going to be in victory lane before too long. Ryan Blaney, a nice fourth place run. And there are people, uh, there are a lot of people that are saying that he is going to be the next new winner in terms of, you know, this season. Um, and, you know, it's kind of interesting. I mean, we got Pocono coming up. We got a couple tracks coming up that I don't know if I see Ryan in victory lane, but certainly Pocono could be one of those. Um, I'm just going to go around the table here. I'll start with Randy. Um, you buying or selling that Ryan Blady gets a win before playoff time? I think you'll get a win. Uh, I feel like there's a couple of tracks coming up Pocono that he's won at. Um, I, I mean, I don't... I don't really see him. I feel like Pocono is probably his, one of his best shots, maybe Indianapolis, um, like a bigger truck like that. I just don't think, for whatever reason, he's not at the same level as, as Joey and Brad is right now. I don't know if it's just, you know, they're, they're giving him the, the bottom of the barrel. I mean, he's not slow by any means, but, I mean, he's just not catching the brakes, I guess, like Joey and Brad have so far this year. That, that's a good sign, though, finishing fourth. Um, so, I mean, maybe he'll, you know, turn his luck around. Yes, we've seen Blaney have speed in the past couple years. This year it's kind of got off to a rocky start, but I feel like Blaney definitely will have a win before playoff time. That I will put it on the table right now. He will get a win before playoffs. May not be Pocono. 
I don't know where it could be. It could be another surprise win that we've seen plenty of times already this year. But I feel like Blaney will also get a win before the playoffs, and I know I feel like he's going to make it to the final eight as well. Producer Jacob, does Blaney win before the playoffs or no? Um, I say no. I just, until he actually does it and proves me wrong, I don't see that 12 car, like you guys said, being at the same level as the 2 and the 22 right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I really s- don't. We said this about Stuart Haas last week, and here they come and <laughs> prove us wrong. <laughs> well, that's what it takes. We have to talk about I, them for something to happen. Well, yeah, that's, you that's, know what? what I want to go back to the Kevin Harvick thing, actually, then, since you brought that up, Blake, and make, back. and make the point that Kevin Harvick was absolutely a seventh-place car or thereabouts for 90% of that race, and only because of the pit call that Rodney Childers made to keep him out inside of 30 laps to go did he get the track position he needed to be able to win that race. I don't think that Stuart Haas is back to where they need to be to be contending for this championship. Is it great they got a win? Absolutely. Is it momentum? I hope so. Do I think just based on the way Sunday's race played out, they have the same speed as Gibbs and Penske? No, I don't. Well, I mean, let's see. We ran Daytona, and Justin Haley on a pit call ends up winning, and we said you still have to be able to make calls. That's part of strategies, part of winning races. I apply the same thing here. Okay, they may not have the speed, but how many different winners do we have this year? And how many cars have we seen lately that are starting to come to the forefront again? Speed, the fastest car is not always winning these cup races this year. In fact, it's rare that the fastest car is winning these cup races. So my deal is Kevin Harvick's in the playoffs. All Kevin Harvick's got to do is just enough to get to Homestead and you get Kevin Harvick to Homestead with a shot at a championship, I promise you, Kevin Harvick going to have enough speed to win the championship. We seen this out of Ryan Newman a couple years ago when he drove for RCR. Yes. Didn't win a win all, didn't, did not get a win all year, finished second in the points. But I'm going to have to say, Stuart Haas is not back at this but title. they have to be. That's this, my point. Yes, this title this year is going to be between Penske and Joe Gibbs. I have a feeling Ooh. them two teams are going to finish the final oh, four. Boy. Let's just look at the results here from this past weekend. All – all um, three Penske cars. <laughs> Take your shoes off, Blake. Come on. All three Penske cars One, ended two. up in the top. Ended up in the top ten. All now, four on, Joe hey, Gibbs wait, cars wait, ended up hey, in the top hey, ten, along with D Burrito. If here. you're going to argue that Harvick is not back, then you can't brag on Penske cars for getting ninth and tenth. Out of 10. Yeah, the, but neither I, of those cars were then, any kind of a factor for most of the race. I, they were most likely I mean, faster than Harvick. Where, Harvick won it on pitch but strategy. It, but again, you, where th- were you, ninth and 10th. Where were you when, when Hendrick Motorsports <laughs> finished in the top five with all four of their cars a couple of weeks ago or you know, a couple of times in the last yeah, six or I, seven weeks? I, I love, see, done, this so. is what I love about this package this year. It scrambled the field all year. We've seen more times when pits pit strategy and you know kind of being creative has put drivers in position to run up front and win and we're seeing cars like the 95 of matt de benedetto who finished in fifth they're having opportunities to put themselves in position to be up front at the end 
and you know now it, it's it. You look at the Benedetto. You look at Ryan Newman in seventh. There's two guys that are not top five fast for the most part, but here they are at the end of the race, fifth and seventh. So again, you can argue fastest car if you want to. All that matters is what the results say. Mm-hmm. And DeBenedetto has got a top five finish. He was fifth at, at what fourth, fifth at he Sonoma, was fifth at Sonoma. Fifth at Sonoma. Um, that that team is, I feel like, slowly trending up. I okay. don't want to make okay Back much up. of you know I'm not ma- enough I'm yet. But I'm making much of much because anybody who says Matt De Benedetto wasn't a top five to seven car on speed all weekend long, he wasn't I'm gonna a winning fight. Car. I'm gonna fight you. No, he wasn't a winning car. That car qualified seventh and it ran in the top ten almost yeah, all race long. And you know what? For that team. That is far more speed than we've ever seen out just, of that 95 just car look at the non-restrictor beginning of the year. plate track. Just look at the beginning of the year, the first couple of races, especially Daytona leading the most well, laps. Yeah, they, was the you should have won the Daytona 500. Yeah, Even though Daytona is all drafted, you, you, you still need speed now, to be up front. You can't make a, a case f- uh, just from Daytona. Uh, and, and, you know, Jacob's obviously triggered, but – the, the, the reality is I'm that... I'm not making a case I'm just ha- from Daytona. I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing that they've definitely been better and that they were good on Sunday. All I'm saying is that I don't want to say that Matt DiBenedetto is going to go out next week and win at Pocono because I don't think they're there yet. But let me bring up another conversation starter as a Toyota satellite team. Are they the next reincarnation of Furniture Row no. coming in the no. next couple no, years? No, no, Look, no, no, I, no, I, no. I know Matt pretty well, and, and I, I can guarantee you that I, I think I know exactly what this is. It's a case of after Daytona, he got so down in the dumps because he had a great run going and thought he almost won the Daytona 500, and he probably would have, <laughs> that it took him most of the season to get his confidence back because you look now, he finished fifth, he finished fifth at Sonoma, he's done great the last couple of weeks. Now he's got his confidence back. His team is, is confident enough to be behind him now. They're getting the equipment back. They're getting back together as a team. Well, now he's got his confidence, and now he's being the Matt DiBenedetto that I'm I know he can be. Is that, what I'm hoping is that what we're actually seeing is that with the new arrangement with Toyota and the new arrangement with Gibbs, it's taken them you know, half the season or whatever mm-hmm. um, to kind of get – all that put into place right. where they understand what they're doing now. This is, fr- this is his first and year with so that team. So you're starting so. to see that. But it, is it Furniture Row? Absolutely not. No. I mean, and I don't mean that negatively toward uh, LFR. I You can't, first of all, they're not a single car team. No. They're a fifth, <laughs> the Gibbs, fifth car car. The Gibbs car. Yeah. Furniture Row was never a fifth Gibbs car. They were a single car team, except for the one year they had Jones in the seventy seven. They weren't even based here. That that was <laughs> based, based yeah, that was based in Colorado. Okay. <laughs> that was getting technical help from Gibbs. Right. But they were not a fifth Gibbs car. This is a totally different situation and I think the Benedetto is benefiting from it. And, and, of course, now everybody's going, oh, Christopher Bell is going to take his place next year. Be the No, I don't believe that's going to happen. I think DeBenedetto stays. It would be crazy for Christopher Bell, knowing he's going to Cup, 
to sign a one-year deal. I, I'm sticking by what I say. I look at this from a business standpoint. It makes no sense he's signing for only a year if he knows he's going to Cup because that's what he wants to do. And he was clear again over the weekend in an interview I saw that he wants to make sure that whatever car he's in next year can win. Well, and... You you guys are making him yeah, well, out to be like he's coming into this as a heel. I feel I'm like not for real, he's like, a heel. Who's I'm, right is he going to take? He's taking somebody's right when he gets I'm, here. I'm saying I'm reacting to what I'm <laughs> people seeing. Don't, people don't think he knows what he's going to do in two years, but well, I've also kind of getting flashbacks. Remember when Kurt Busch signed down the road here with Phoenix in the 51 car? He knew he was going to that other ride the next year. That was just a plan for that year until he went over or no, Casey Kane for no. instance before he went to Hendrick he signed that deal so well Kane Kane knew but but Kurt no Kurt when Kurt went to the 51 his next move was not already set he went to the 51 the James Finch gave him a chance to basically rejuvenate himself and redeem himself and Kurt Busch did that and then got the furniture row ride and benefited from everything Regan Smith, all the hard work that Regan and that team had done up to that point, um, Kurt kind of got the benefit of that the following year um, and and took that car to some top five runs. But um, good run for DeBenedetto, Martin Tricks, finishing sixth. Um, Newman, uh, seventh, another again. You know, Ryan Newman is, he's, you know, my, my, my mother used to have, a, a pet phrase, you know, when somebody would do something, she would say, you're a real sneaky Pete. And, you know, I feel like Ryan Newman is the sneaky Pete of the cup series this year. It's like, he doesn't show you a lot of speed during the race. And you look at the end and there he is at seventh. Um, mm-hmm. So good run for him. Kyle Busch eighth and not at all happy about it. Surprise, surprise. He never is. Joey Logano ninth and Keselowski rounding out the top 10 hey, in that one. Hey, quick FYI here. Quick. Not thinking about the top ten, but thinking about the playoffs because I did playoffs. look at th- I, I did look at those after this. We're down to what, seven races to go in the right re- no, six, six races six. to go in the six. regular yep. season. Six. And guess who's sitting outside the top sixteen right now after well, he's been flirting with it, you know, thirteenth to fifteenth for the better part of two months now. I'd have to say I think times. we have to finally I think we have to finally resign ourselves to the fact and be legitimately concerned that Jimmy Johnson may not make the playoffs this year. And we can talk about that on the other side of the break that we have to get ready to take. Oh, by the way. Go ahead and send us a break. All right, I think I will. We'll be back with more of Lead Lap Radio, powered by HMS Motorsport, right here on the Performance Motorsports Network in just a minute. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. 
Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, I'm Dylan Bassett, and you're listening to Race Talk on Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Welcome back to Lead Lap Radio on the Performance Motorsports Network. Tom Baker, along with Blake Harris, Randy Miller, Jacob Seelman over manning the controls tonight uh, quite capably. And uh, we've been talking about the Cup Series, and um, Jacob brought up just before the last break that Jimmy Johnson was outside of the top 16 and um trying to look here let's see 17th and he is um 17 points no hang on um yeah he's 17 points behind the cutoff uh quint boyer currently sitting at the cutoff line in 16th and there's another driver who i'm shocked is as in danger as he is frankly here's what's interesting to me is and again i I, you know we've still got six races left and i think there's some racing to be done but here's here's my thought is when i look at say let's look at 14th through about 19th um you've got eric jones in 14th i do believe eric will win um, and even if he doesn't, I believe he, he puts himself in Ryan Newman, um, is I, again, you've got Newman Boyer and Johnson. They're all within 21 points of each other. That's roughly half a race. Um, but they're all, they're all running around the same or, you know, area of each race. You know, you see them racing a lot together. They're top 10. They Johnson could be top five. Boyer certainly could be top five. But it seems like those guys are together a lot. Suarez is in 18th. He's tied with Johnson. Um, and then you got Paul Menard. And I'm going to say that nobody behind Paul Menard gets into the playoffs because I, I look at Stenhouse, Busher, Austin Dillon, Ty Dillon, DeBenedetto. Those guys all have to win, and I just don't see 
any of those guys getting a win. Well, <laughs> Austin and Danny Stockman could pull off a miracle on strategy, but outside of that, I, I, there's you know there's not really anybody that I'm confident enough in being no. a road course guy to jump out and go win at Watkins Glen. I mean, I'm really not confident in anyone behind um, Jimmy Johnson. I don't think Suarez wins. I don't think I know Menard's not going to win. Um, you know, there's... There um, yeah, uh, about that. You know, there is that Indianapolis place. I just, uh, there's just not, there's not enough there there for me to, to believe that there Paul Menard's going to win. There wasn't enough there for the RCR car, I don't think, when he won it too. Well, I, I just, again, that was, you got to have, I just don't see it. Uh, Paul but Menard hasn't been close to winning at all this pit, year. Pit strategy is going to be the key for, for any of those guys to be able to see Victor Lane. I mean, we, we've talked about how pit strategy has come into play the last, you know, three or four weeks where these guys are taking just wild Hail Mary right. tosses at the, you know, at the, at the air to try to come up with something that's going to throw everybody off. And, I mean, we've seen surprise, you know, guys in the top 10 because of that. So so with that being yeah. said, I sort of see, you know, 16th. I, I, I feel like Jones, Newman, Boyer, Johnson, they're basically um, your guys that are contending. Larson is far enough ahead right now. Um, in turn, Well, actually, he's not. He's only 24 points ahead of uh, the cut. Um, but I feel like to a degree, if – if he can just get himself to, to have a few good races up front, um, I feel like Kyle could actually get in, but I don't think he's going to do anything if he does. But it's um it's interesting, and yeah, I, I think there's a real chance that Jimmy Johnson doesn't make the playoffs, which I can't believe because I really thought that he would at least get himself to a point where he would be contending at least in the top five every week um, but the, the Hendrick stable, other than Bowman and Elliott, Byron's been fast, but he's not finishing where he needs to. Correct. And, you know, and Johnson has been fast a little, but I feel like he's kind of been the back of the, the boat at, at Hendrick. So, so interesting Jacob, stuff. You're, you're the, you're the master of the rule book. Is there, have you used a magnifying glass to read the fine print where it gives the, the seven time rule in effect where, where he just automatically <laughs> makes the playoffs because he's Jimmy Johnson. Because he's Jimmy Johnson and he's never missed an iteration of the playoffs in the history of the playoffs. Correct. Um, there, I've not found that fine print in the rule book yet, and that's the other thing that uh, is so just mind-blowingly stunning about the possibility of Jimmy Johnson legitimately missing the playoffs is because in 16 years of NASCAR's postseason, the 48 has been in it every single year without yeah. fail. Well, they even changed the point structure to to adapt to him the following year because you had 48 points now when you win yeah. a race and lead the most laps and all that stuff. So it's well, no, that not well. With, they well, changed but, but it. When, they changed it yeah, again. But I'm points. saying after yeah. after they initially made it, they made the new point yep. structure where it was 48 points conveniently. Co yeah, conveniently. So shocking. I like wonder why. Like a random why. number that just came out of nowhere, like it was on the side of a race car or something. Okay, anyway. so uh, with that being said, let's move to the Xfinity series, oh, goody, the shall good we? Um, because this one was a barn burner. I, I mean, you know, it, it to me this was the race of the weekend, except for the modifieds. Um, th this was the race of the weekend, which you know, again, here's the big three. You know, we've been talking about Chris Bell, talking about Cole Custer, talking about Tyler Reddick. Okay, Justin Allgaier somehow wound up third, um, you know, and kind of broke that trio up, which good for him. But 
that's what's made this Xfinity series so doggone much fun is that the big three, these guys have been going at it tooth and nail, and boy, did they ever on Saturday. This was an amazing race, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Christopher Bell, we, we talk about those three guys, you know, always like kind of dicing each other around. One will win one week, and then the following two weeks, the next two will win. It took Christopher Bell a little bit, of like an extra week to win a race, but... <laughs> I mean, great run for Justin Auger. And I, I mentioned earlier about, you know, the, the end of that first stage, they were three wide coming to the line. What's I'm to, saying? You know, I mean, like, Bell got 186 laps. Crazy. I mean, he killed, basically killed in lap sled. But it, I didn't feel like until maybe the last 30 or so, I didn't feel really like he was um, necessarily, I mean, because Custer was fast, all guy erratic, you know. And, of course, then you had Menard doing Menard things. Uh. Um you know, it's just, I mean, it was good. It was a good win. For, I think Chris Bell needed that win, Jacob, and I think, um, but I still think that, that right now, at this moment, I still think Cole Custer is the guy. Pardon me for being confused, but what race were you watching exactly? Because I watched Christopher Bell drive off by three or four seconds every time he took the lead on Saturday, or let me, sorry, let me rephrase that. I listened to most of it until I uh, <laughs> got home in time to to watch the, the tail end of it. But Make your point. Uh, my yeah, my point is the radio broadcast basically spelled it out. Maybe it was a good race from second on back, but Bell just uh, not. He didn't just take it to the woodshed in terms of laps led. Cole Custer even said after the race that we got behind from the beginning and we weren't going to catch him. Well, I just again, I I sat there and I actually watched the whole thing and you know i i did not get the feeling that christopher bell was a shoe and yeah he was leading a bunch of laps but how many times have we seen that we have a late race restart and you know somebody like custer Allgaier, or reddick three wide or whatever and ends up pulling out a win yes he was the dominant car and this is one of the first times in a while that we've seen that out of the 20 um it's going to be interesting now to see where we go from here because again it's been custer and reddick lately with some other guys and bell and but now bell goes out and leads 186 laps so let's see if this is the momentum builder that he needs to to make a stand here i just thought it was uh i thought it was an excellent race one thing i love about another thing i love about the xfinity series is the manufactured diversity we see especially at the top with the big three you're saying one from each manufacturer in there we aren't yeah. really seeing that in the Toyota Ford right Chevy yeah I agree um uh, Tyler I think- Reddick needs to wake up here he's not won a race since the end of May let me remind everybody uh his last win and his third win of the year was Charlotte at the end of May and since then yeah. uh four of the last five have either been Cole Custer or Christopher Bell with one random Ross Chastain thrown in there at Daytona so anybody who says Christopher Bell has hasn't at least been somewhere in the last month. Hello. Well, but you know what, Ruddick, I think you you sort of see that trend uh, from everybody because, I mean, you know, they've all had two or three races where they've been not quite as good as the next guy or the other guy. Um, that's kind of why this has been so interesting. Reddick finished fourth. It isn't as though he was uncompetitive. He had a good finish. And he's in the playoffs. We it, uh, Tyler Reddick did absolutely nothing all year last year except 
enough, barely, to get himself into the playoffs, went to Homestead and cleaned their clock. So it doesn't much matter what Tyler does from here on out until playoff time. They just have to be sharp when it comes to the playoffs. They're already in. I know they do, but the problem is Tyler has self-admitted right now that their team is not where they need to be on the intermediate tracks for him to feel confident going to Homestead and being able to win a championship. And when the driver's saying that, I'm concerned. They've still got time. I'm not worried about that. Go ahead, Randy. To, to circle back to what Jacob was asking about, if we were watching the same race, from my perspective, I feel like it was a good race because Loudon is typically one of the boring, most boring races yes. on the schedule, but they put the PJ1 down and it made the race better, in I my agree. opinion. So yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily what we saw in terms of the competition on the racetrack, but the fact that the PJ1 was able to, to make the multiple grooves and they could run side-by-side side and, yes. and run side-by-side side for several laps without touching each other, except for Harvick and Hamlin. <laughs> Hamlin um, yeah. But, I mean, they were able to run side by side, and, and the outside would, would be ahead, and the inside would get ahead. And that drag race back and forth, I think, is what made the race exciting, oh. not necessarily the fact that Christopher Bell whooped everybody's butt. Okay. And I do have to say I agree with that, by Randy. No, sorry, Tom, I didn't no. mean to cut no, you off right. there. But, yes, I applaud Loudon for the PJ1 yes. initiative there because that did turn what's otherwise been an absolutely abysmal racetrack into something that was actually, yeah, was actually know, good. not terrible. And I'm excited about the fact that Pocono's using it this week weekend because I'm, I think that's going to make the Pocono race better too. I'm not so sure how. Better. I mean, not, I, I'm hoping it makes it better. I'm just not sure exactly how it's going to work with how. I, I think the <laughs> thing that could throw it off is how big the speeds are that you get down the front straightaway and down the long pond straightaway that may help to actually counteract the PJ1 a little bit just because you're so bloody fast. They just need to bring an extra jar. Yeah, I don't know. I It's, it's going to be interesting. Okay. I want to talk. Obviously, we got a major situation that happened in the Xfinity race to talk about. Uh, and yeah. we will do so after the break. You're listening to Weed Lap Radio, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders of motorsport safety, right after this. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. 
featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lero Fireproof Underwear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media set ya. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Brandon McReynolds, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Lead Lap radio on the performance motorsports network tom baker Shut up. yeah randy, randy miller Shut are up. you okay randy? Harris. <laughs> i'm fine I'm and <laughs> jacob seelman talking motorsports and we were we've been talking about the xfinity race um okay so the, <laughs> i don't even know where to go with this except I'll, we'll i'll start it this way so harrison burton was coming up for an xfinity start out of the truck series and harrison has somewhat struggled in the KBM truck this year, but he's um, he's had some top fives lately, so he's starting to look better. Um, he comes up to make an Xfinity start, and he was running well. I mean, he was doing a good job with the 18 car, um, and Paul Menard, who was moonlighting uh, from the Cup Series, and, you know, the, the two of them had a few little disagreements on the racetrack that Ken Schrader would label as arguments over space. Um, and it toward the end of that, here's kind of how this goes down. So we have a restart and Harrison's on the apron and Paul basically comes down and comes across his nose. Um, and then Harrison backs out, lets him go, passes him clean, um, and Paul wrecks him. Um, yeah, and not just wrecked him, but basically drove through him. Yeah, he and he admitted uh, he did it. He was, he, you know, Paul uh, operating out of the Brad Keselowski School of uh, Teaching Drivers Lessons. Um, you know, he, he hit me twice, so I hit him once. Uh, I'm not, you know, basically I'm not going to take that or whatever. Um, dear Paul, you're a cup driver. Uh, I know the rules say you can run an Xfinity race. It's fine. Run the Xfinity race. D don't be a jackass. <laughs> I mean, Thank you know, you. don't a be a jackass. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but that's, you know, don't, don't be a donkey. That's the, it's, it's like, look, at the end of the day, Harrison did nothing to you that was on purpose and he did nothing that was significant. If, no. if, 
you know, if you forgot your big boy panties on Saturday, then that's fine. There were probably some other drivers in your stable right, that would have gotten in that car. Yeah, and could have gone out. Um, look, I, I just I don't. I don't deal well with guys like Paul Menard. Paul Menard has basically accomplished nothing in, in, in his time. He won Indianapolis. He's won a couple of Xfinity races. He's had nothing but great equipment, and he underperforms on a consistent basis. I don't think Paul Menard is in any situation to be trying to tell Harrison Burton, who clearly was out racing him for the majority of the race, how to drive. Um, I just thought that was completely senseless and, and uh, you know, Bush League on, on Paul Menard's part. Before I say anything, I'd also like to say Harrison Burton had the best-looking car on the whole property this weekend as well. And yeah, it was a nice car. start. But Which, like, I got home after the crash, so I didn't get to see it. Who was on? Was Dex that imaging. It was Dex the Dex car? Yeah. It's like white yes, and black. That, and that, I've, seen, I've seen that Dex car a couple yeah. times this year uh, at Bristol when he made his debut. That is a sharp There's some pieces of it sticking on the wall in New Hampshire if you want to go find it. Yeah, yeah. but like I was going <laughs> say you were saying to Paul Menard that is one thing I would change about the sport like how it was say a couple years ago there's yes you still have to have talent but it's not all about talent now you still need the money and of course Paul has the money well look I the, don't want to get in because uh, here I, I have my opinion on that is and I I got into a, a, a Facebook conversation with somebody the other day about this <laughs> look it's always been my my parents couldn't have afforded a late model car for me in the eighties. Okay, so I I get a little I get a little triggered when I start hearing all about this rich kids spoil rich kids money 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 it's all this money. Yes, it's more expensive now, and yes, there are a lot of younger drivers in the sport that are succeeding at higher levels faster, and that's because the short tracks started letting these kids run late models and things at 12 years old about 15 years ago. If that had never happened, we wouldn't have the youth problem in NASCAR, and you wouldn't have all these things. Um, but with that being said, I just don't think that Paul Menard is a driver who's accomplished enough in this sport to be able to be giving lessons to Harrison Burton, who, like I said, if you watched the race, was even or better than Paul for a good bit of it. Um, you know, I, I just, and I, and yes, uh, and I applaud Harrison for going over there and dealing with the situation. Absolutely. You know. I was so happy to see Harrison stand up for himself in that situation because I you know, I felt he was absolutely done wrong by Menard in the in the way that whole deal went down. And I yeah. you know, it made me smile to see especially at Harrison's age, still being as young as he is, that he wasn't afraid to get out there, go over to Paul and you know, make sure Paul knew that he didn't appreciate that because you've got to be able to stand up for yourself, especially at that level. Now, to add to that, Harrison, you mentioned earlier, has struggled in the KBM truck this year, but I think KBM, largely as a whole, save for the veterans, has struggled this year in well, general in the truck fair. series. Yeah. But I didn't ha blame Harrison. No, I'm no. just saying he's no, I, 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 I was leading to, to a point yeah. with this, though, on the Xfinity side. 
Every Xfinity start that boy has made this year, he has absolutely excelled yeah. as far as I'm concerned. And there's been one or two of those races he's run already where I honestly believed if he could have caught the right brakes, he would have had a shot to contend for yeah. a win you, in the Xfinity series. And I'll be honest, when they first announced that, I think, eight-race deal, eight-race deal? Yeah, it was something when, like that. when they first announced it back March, April— I didn't believe we were going to see Harrison flourish in the Xfinity Series as quickly as we have, but he seems to have taken to those cars a lot better than the trucks. He seems more comfortable, honestly, in the Xfinity car than he does in the truck, and I think that could say a lot about his direction for the future because I've already heard some talk that he may land in one of those Joe Gibbs cars full-time much sooner rather than later. Wouldn't surprise me. Well, you got the – let's just remember what Harrison's last name is. Back to him standing up for himself. Do you imagine what Uncle Ward would say if he didn't stand up for himself? <laughs> I now? really don't know what he would say. Uncle Ward would say, I wish I had something that Ward. shot. I could have shot through the window. That's Ward. what he would have said. Same with Jeff. He was a tough one, but I think it's – I'm glad the young <laughs> Yeah, but Harris Jeff was never nearly never as entertaining yeah. when he was mad. No, although that does call to mind memories of the Jeff Gordon, Jeff Burton fight from years ago. Well, that's, that's what I was Texas. about to bring up. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, here's the was thing, that though, in Vegas? Like, no, it was no, Texas. 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 I was there. Um, so <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that uh, put him there, in the same two, ambulance. Probably. There's two ways to look at it. From Harris and Burton's side, I mean, we're talking about, uh, like Blake said, a guy whose last name is Burton. Like, it's not like – you know, uh, uh, Joey Gase or something. You know, I mean, we're, we're talking about somebody who's been in the sport, grew up in the sport, has been a part of the sport the entire, you know, his entire life. So, I mean, obviously the kid has has at least a little bit of talent um, or he wouldn't be where he was. From Paul Menard's side, you're – I, I want to say some really bad words, but we're a family show and I can't. But if – I said jackass. Well, I, I know, but mine was much, much worse than that. Oh. Um, from From <laughs> – my point of view, uh, look, Paul Menard, <laughs> you're not Jimmy Johnson. You're not Jeff Gordon. You're not anybody relatively close, for that matter. Exactly. If, if I was Harrison Martin and I would get run over by the, on the racetrack by somebody like Jimmy Johnson, then I'd be like, okay, I probably got in his way. My bad. But it's Paul Menard. I mean, <laughs> you, Paul Menard gets in his own way more than he gets in somebody else gets in <laughs> yeah, his way. I mean, well, so. I you know, again, I said when uh, you he know what I mean? when he when it was announced he was driving for the Wood Brothers, I I made made it very clear that car will never win a race with Paul Menard behind the wheel. He hasn't, and he never will. the 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 rumor mill is that at the end of twenty twenty, Paul Menard is. Gonzo. Thank God. Um, yeah. And, well, Paul, Paul Menard. I don't want to be like, I don't want to be, no. I don't want to be too harsh with Paul, but it, it was just stupid. I'll be harsh. I'll be harsh on the whole Menard thing. Menard's racing career compared to Johnson's Menard's compared to Walmart, I feel like. That would well, basically be how I, I describe I mean, I just used Jimmy's interesting That's a redneck thing to say. Um, I just used Jimmy as an example because, I mean, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, is wow. that if you're if you're a young kid in the sport, I mean, you know you have to pay your dues, and you know that you're you're, you're going to ruffle feathers along the way. But if you're going to ruffle feathers, I feel like if you're going to have to ruffle feathers of somebody who's more important than Paul Menard. I mean, because <laughs> yeah. I, I'm I'm serious because if Harrison Burton would have ruffled feathers of somebody who's been in the Xfinity series, like even Christopher Bell or somebody who's you know close to him in age, who's running for a championship, okay, maybe you were wrong because. 
you've hurt that guy's chances of winning a race and getting into the playoffs. It's Paul Menard. You're a cup regular. You shouldn't even be in the Xfinity race to begin with. Well, again, so. if you're going to be in the Xfinity race, just don't be a donkey. I, feel, I mean, get I, over yourself. I feel like Ru- Bell, Custer, Allgaier, and all them have more room to teach somebody a lesson than Paul right. Menard. Yeah, <laughs> and, if, and if Harrison would have gotten run over by Mr. those guys, Mediocre. I'm sure that would be a lesson that he probably would have would have learned a, a good way. Yeah. But it's, not running over somebody on the racetrack. Interest, interesting stuff. Um, I, I think we've got about a minute left, but uh, so I'm going to try and get this whole thing. On Motormouth this past week, uh, one of the NBC Sports shows, they had A.J. Allmendinger, Dale Jarrett, and Jeff yes, Burton. I saw this and they had Warm, mm-hmm. Ward Burton on <laughs> Skype or something. He somewhere. was on his farm or something. Was, yeah, and, and, uh, and, and so Allmendinger says, why do you guys talk so different? And, and Ward, Ward says, I, I don't really know. In the 30 miles or so around me, I'm normal, he says. But... Then I, then I go back and I watch a, a thing like this and I look at it and ask myself, what in the hell are you talking about? That sounds yeah. like listening to me on all these shows. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff turned around and he goes, the, the, he must have grew up on the south side of the house. Well, that was always Jeff's thing <laughs> when they would ask Jeff about it. You know, Jeff would say that, that uh, you know, War was born on the south end of the house. <laughs> AJ was like, how big is your house? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that was Jared, actually. But yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. No but Jared. it was, it was yeah. Just that was a funny, and I, you know, I, I love that Ward has fun with it, and, right. and you know, it, it is a good sport about the criticism because, or the, you know, the, the, the needling. With that, we're going to needle ourselves off to a break, and when we come back, it's the lightning round. Look out below. More of League Lap Radio to the conclusion right around the turn. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. Because it's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels 
new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Matt Tift, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Jamaica, man. Yes, lots of trombones means it's lightning round time. I don't really know if it means that, but we're going to assume that for this evening anyway. Uh, so this is our lightning round here on Lead Lap Radio. And uh, so we've got, we've got some things to talk about here. So I want to start with... Um, IndyCar because IndyCar did something over the weekend that depending on your point of view was either absolutely awesome, fantastic, loved it, unbelievable. Thank you guys for for busting your butt to get this one in or it was um how ridiculous are you? Uh, depending on where you were on social media, it seemed like most people were happy about it. I know the drivers were. Um, so I'm going to, I, I got two questions about this that I'm going to go around the table on. You can answer them both at the same time. First question, did you stay awake to see the entire race? Uh, and second of all, are you buying or selling them starting the race at midnight Eastern time, Blake? Well, I like they made it late because I literally left East Lincoln from an house and walked in the door, turned on the TV. They were throwing the green flag. <laughs> so I, and, yes, I stayed up for the rest of it. And it was probably one of the first IndyCar races I've been able to sit down and watch the whole thing because of my work schedule announcing at these racetracks. So, yes, I love they pushed it back. And it also, it wasn't the best race because of New Garden kind of, Stinking up the show, leading most of it, but I'd still say it's a pretty good show. And I, and when the fin- top finally came in near the end, right there, I feel like if that had came in about a hundred, hundred fifty laps before, <laughs> we could have had a better race on our hands. Well, I guess that's fair, Jacob. So I was not able to stay awake and watch the whole thing. I had had a uh, lengthy drive on Saturday, and as such, uh, by the time I got home and realized how late it was going to be when they finished it, I felt that sleep was more important at that point. However, I absolutely applaud everyone at IndyCar for doing whatever it took to get that race in. Bravo, ladies and gents. You're awesome. And second, uh, shoot, Blake made the comment that uh, there it wasn't the best race. Uh, hello, Scott Dixon was the show coming from a lap down. I will say that. But I can't put a whole good race on just one person, though. No, I know. But I, I'm just saying, Scott, when I, I did actually DVR it, by the way, and watch it Sunday morning. Uh, but good grief, it was Rossi fun watching Dixie come me, through. The pe- yeah, well, he did. He okay. Did. But no, I, I, I love that they 
got it in, did what it took. I think that's great. You know, I don't think there was anybody there that wanted to come back on Sunday and race. But, no, I did not get to watch it live. I watched it after the fact. So I, I watched it on DVR as well because I actually I, – I was trying to stay up watching it, and then it, it kept raining, and then it kept drying, and I was like, forget it. I'm, I'm, I'm done with this race. So, <laughs> um, But I did watch it on, on Sunday morning, and, and I will say it's funny because – you know, NASCAR's had several situations this year where they've had, you know, rain delays and, you know, next day coverage or whatever. And people are like, oh, well, this is ridiculous. We should just cancel a race or, you know, run it in November or whatever the case may be. But with IndyCar, it's like, we're going to stay here for till Christmas if it takes, you know, running this race and, you know, whatever. It's like it's a different kind of fan base, which is cool because, you know, you, you love to see the Indy fans wanting to stick it out and, you know, wanting to see a, a good race run. And, and it, of course, it, it was a, you know, Turned out to be a good race after all, and props to Joseph Newgarden for winning his, what, third race of the year now? So, second fourth, or third? Ra- fourth race. Fourth race. Fourth win race of the, of the yes. year for Newgarden. And, um, I didn't take my shoes off. My here's back. the here, – here, I'll, I'll do Jacob's part tonight and, and give the stat of the, the night. So Iowa day. Speedway should be actually referred to as Iowa Speedway dominated by Newgarden because – he led 245 out of 300 laps this year, led 229 out of 300 laps last year, and in 2016, he led 282 laps out of the 300, and in 2015, he led 111 laps. Now, he didn't win all of those I races. was going to say, I think this race is the only one that he's second, won. Second race. Second okay. race. Which one? in 2016. In okay, yeah, ACR. that's right. Um, I, knew, I knew last year he lost it to Hinch. But what? here's here's the thing for me, and no, I, I was so excited. We're starting a race at midnight. This is going to be great. Um, I guess I forgot how old I am now because it was obviously past you, my bedtime. I watched your comments on Facebook all night. Though. I made it. it was, I made it was just it a bunch to, of Zs, wasn't it? Was like, I made it to about uh, somewhere around 100. I, I, I think I saw the 200 lap mark, and then somewhere after that I was out. But um, You're checking your eyelids for pen. But, <laughs> but, you know. This, this, ahead, this race, any other track after qualifying, you could have said, yeah, he could have been the fast car you expected. But qualifying this weekend was so different, and a lot of drivers say messed up because of the ARCA series in the old drive beginning. I couldn't really expect Newgarden to have this much of a performance. See, I, I really didn't. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, um, you know, between that and all the rain, you know, you sort of look at it like it's a green track, and and I just thought, uh, yeah, Newgarden led a bunch of laps, but the most of the race that I saw behind Newgarden was, as you said, Dixon, who also was past his bedtime, um, you know, ended up with a heck of a drive, and Rossi, and, you know, you had so many guys that put on great Santino Ferrucci, hello. Um, at uh, one point in qualifying, the three rookies were top three just yeah. because everybody else was scared of the old drive. And I think, I think it was Ferrucci that said, we don't know no better. We're just going out yeah. there and driving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love Santino for that. Uh, by the way, I do uh, want to make a small point on this IndyCar race, that, and Blake brought up qualifying. Joseph Newgarden felt he should have been on the pole for that race and was mm-hmm. not on the pole for that race. His teammate Simon Pagano was. Yeah. I, I you weren't awake when this happened, Tom. I watched it back on DVR. I loved Newgarden's comment in Victory Lane. He goes, 
qualifying pissed me off, yeah. Yeah. and I was going to do something about I it. I saw that interview, So there, yeah. we did something yeah. about it. Yeah, Newgarden getting the win. Dixon second, Hinchcliffe third. Good run for James. Uh, Pagano uh, finishing fourth. Spencer Piggott fifth, followed by Alex Rossi. Great run for Zach Beach. Veach. Beach. Wow. Zach Veach in seventh. Glad to see him uh, finally having some better uh, races. Graham Rahal eighth. Bourdais ninth. Canaan tenth. Erickson and Ferrucci were eleventh and twelfth. But I don't think. Those finishes tell the story of how good both of those guys actually Well, ran. I'll also say, even though the results don't show it, 19th and 20th, especially Ed Carpenter was in the top five when yeah, he wrecked, and, and Sato had Sato. speed, his speed yeah. as well. But I'd like to say, for somebody who do, is not in a car every week like Ed Carpenter, he had some real good speed well, this weekend. Well, I mean, gosh, he's been doing it long enough. He doesn't need to be in the car every week. He just gets in and goes whenever he gets a chance to drive. Okay, I'm going to switch to the modifieds because we talked about this earlier in the show with Chase Cabry. Um Modifieds are we're racing at uh, New Hampshire over the weekend. Always the race of the weekend. We get to the um, toward the end of the race, and we end up stopping the race after a crash. They they checkered the race um, basically because there were issues with the barrier and the uh, I guess the Xfinity race was coming up next or whatever. Um, uh, Jacob, are you uh, buying or selling that that race should have been stopped? Um, should they have let it go to the finish? Well, they couldn't because at the end of the day, a NASCAR National Series race with a dedicated television window has to take priority over a touring series race because there's a lot of money in these TV packages. Do I like that they had to? No, I, I, it bums me out that they had to go, you know, caution checkered. But th there was also a statement made, and this was talked about after the race, they were fixing that barrier just about right up until the start of the Xfinity race. There was a decent amount of work that had to be done in order to get that Xfinity race off on time. So is it a bummer? Yes. But I, it was just a perfect storm of really crappy circumstances, and I don't blame NASCAR because that's just one of those things that's really out of anybody's control well i'm gonna be jacob's echo for a little bit i do <laughs> agree with him that yes i don't like that they uh checkered flag the race well how they did but then again you do have the tv commitments the yep. national touring series the xfinity race again wasn't as good as the modifieds and i don't think nothing else would be better than the modifieds at new hampshire but you do have priorities and that you have to feel as uh, national broadcast and or touring series. Yes, just go ahead. <laughs> you can never. We're going. We're going to say for the first time. Flag. Reboot for the Blake first time spun tonight. Turn two. Reboot. Yeah, my computer Reboot. career. We need somebody. We need an IT here quick. <laughs> you can never be Jacobs. Echo. Reboot the other um, kid. Anyway, so uh, for me, I, I think they made the right call just based upon the fact that I mean, damage to damage to the racetrack and anything would be. I feel like even more bad had they gone back under green because what if somebody else would have hit that same spot and tore up even more cars? But from uh, I don't know. I mean, it's it's great that you know the, the NASCAR was trying, but I, I think in in the long term you probably shouldn't schedule five, seven, eight, nine races in the same day. You should probably not. Bingo. Do that. so, that's where I, mean, I was going to go with my point. Yes. Um, it, this we we have got to move something to, to a different day. day. I don't I don't know how you're going to do it, but you got to move something because I'm just going to tell you. Those fans were there for the modifieds. They weren't there for anything else. So either take something off the card, K&N, buy, or move it to a different day. 
period. No. You, 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 can't, you can't run that many races or start it way earlier because you don't want to cut the modified race off at cut, New Hampshire. Cut, cut a cup practice out. That's yes. what I was about to That's say. A, do something. We don't need, we don't need two full-length cup practices Correct. on Saturday. Cut do a cup something. practice yes. out and give yourself a little bit of buffer room yes. and, and the modified Friday. deal. Put but, cannon on the new dirt track that they created. Ooh, <laughs> that would be fun. Hey, do something. Uh, How about the, way, the legend just, color? Just to add to Randy's point for two seconds, Say, you, know, you know, that safety's paramount, and the Modifieds are the fastest division at Loudoun. God forbid it had anybody hit that broken right. section of wall and somebody got seriously hurt. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree. Absolutely. Okay. Um, okay, two minutes left real quick. Um, we, we can't get off the air here without um, paying our respects to the family and friends of Nick Harrison, the crew chief of uh, for Colleg Racing of, of uh, Justin Haley, who passed away very unexpectedly over the weekend at 37 years old. Um, not sure what happened, uh, but our prayers and condolences to everyone involved. This is, I mean, anytime 37 years old, Jacob, just, just tough. Gosh. Yeah. I, I want to say just, you know, this hit me personally, not just because uh, I've known Justin Haley yeah, since well, he was running both have. late models back home in Indiana, yep. but because I've actually, I had actually met Nick Harrison at the racetrack a couple times the last couple years. And of all the crew chiefs to listen to on the radio, he was one of the most fun, in my opinion, just because you never knew what was coming next. And yeah. actually, Austin Dillon said it on Twitter yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, if you heard Holland Balls, you knew that was that was Nick. Yep. And, you know, just a very talented crew chief taken way too soon from us. Uh, like you said, 37. Just, you know, our thoughts and prayers to the colleague family, to the Richard Childress family, where he made so much of his fame and... Uh, you know, certainly going to be is certainly tough. Just a couple weeks after, you know, Colleg's biggest day now to have one of their darkest. So, Keep your uh, eye on Colleg Racing yes. in Iowa. That's all I got to That's say. Yes, about. take us home, son. Absolutely. With that, thanks to HMS Motorsport, my computer career, and Strutmasters.com for what they do to make this show possible. We are indeed out of here for Blake Harris, Randy Miller, Tom Baker. I'm Jacob Seelman. Keep it off the wall, folks. And if you're headed to a racetrack, we might just see you there. You never know. Have a safe racing weekend. Good, Good night. night. You've been listening to Lead Lap Radio powered by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Lead Lap Radio is a Race Chaser Media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and visit racechasermedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of the show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.